0: The formula, it doesn't lie, right? Like if you are thinking good thoughts, if you're manifesting and believing your worth and you're putting good into the world and you're loving people, everything just starts aligning.
1: You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 podcast. Here we go.
2: Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It's us. It's Lindsay and Krista, and we're so happy you're here. Thanks for finding us. I don't know how you found us, but we're glad. Um, And this thing is almost three years in. I just thought about that the other day. Yeah. Three whole years. Three years of growth. (laughs) Reflection. Tears and laughs and blurs Tears blood.
1: and laughters. Highs and lows. <laughs> my entrepreneur fam, you know me. You feel me. But also my corporate chicas, you feel me too, because there are highs and lows of the corporate world as
2: well. Truly. I mean, yo. Yeah. The roller coaster actually never stops. I was thinking about that. I have like younger siblings and they were, t- one of them was talking about um, how they're kind of bored. And I was like, huh? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> But I kind of like, I can imagine that that is a common feeling at some point, you know, within any type of job, right? You kind of get to a stagnant point. I'm like, how do you, what advice do I give right now? Cause I'm like, yeah, deal with it for a second or like do something about it. I don't really know. It's, it's just, it's never going to be like this high, 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 like you get all this stuff from it. There's going to be like periods of like plateaus where you just have to be. (laughs) This is the thing. So if you're at
1: a corporate job
2: and you're bored, if you enjoy
1: it, you can use it as an opportunity to find other parts of the business or the company to grow. Mm. But if you don't enjoy it, don't say shit because then you're going to get fucked and then you're going to get extra projects and extra things. So it's like a catch 22 where yeah. like you could be bored. And if you're like telling your superiors or your boss or whatever that you're bored, they're going to find opportunities to pull you into meetings, to pull you into projects, to give you extra work. And that's a tough situation because a lot of times you're not being paid for it. And and yes. if you don't know your career trajectory, if it's based on, um, Like just your boss promoting you, the whole company, the team, whatever promoting you, then you could just be doing extra work for an unforeseen amount of time. And that doesn't, you know, unless you love it, it's kind of a bad place to be in. So um, I would, you know, say that if you don't like your job, you could use that boredness as an opportunity to find something that you love to do outside of work or better yourself or really just like turn the focus back on you and kind of use your job as something that's going to pay you to support you while you are fulfilling your needs for
2: expansion outside of work. Yeah, totally. And I also think it's, you know, our generation and maybe younger generations are looking towards that, like what it should feel like and everyone's an entrepreneur and it's so glammed up on Instagram and or if you're in the corporate world, and working for our brand amazing. And like there is like a distorted sense of what that should feel and look like at all times. So, like really putting into perspective one that it it's gonna take time to maybe get in your groove. And maybe the board feeling is a little bit of avoidance of maybe some things you could work on too. You know what I mean? I think like board is an interesting thing yes, to proclaim. You know, I think there's always things to work on.
1: Yeah, especially at your job too, like You know, there'd be times where I was bored, but there's stuff I needed to do. I just didn't want to do it. And I think, you know, for people that are early on in the corporate world or even in the entrepreneurial world, a a feeling of boredness is kind of sometimes an avoidance of doing those things that you should be doing.
2: Totally. Filling
1: out that Excel sheet you know, the the really unfun and unsexy things about what, what you do. Um, I even think about super glamorous and gorgeous jobs, you know, say you were to work at um, just a really sexy, fun, exciting job and you see it on Instagram and it's got all the beautiful pictures and everything like that. There is so much that leading up to that point that is unsexy and unfun, it's unbelievable. And I think we know that now being behind the scenes with almost 30 um, you know, our events that we do, the podcast, everything is positive and awesome and uplifting and, and gorgeous. And, and that's really the goal to showcase this positive side of us, of our community and everything like that. Although we do keep it very, very real. Um, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes at any job, at any corporation. And and that includes ours. And that includes a lot of these entrepreneurial businesses that look really sexy.
2: There's so much boring stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say about the events and kind of people not knowing exactly what goes on behind the scenes, but we had a girl reach out from Denver after our Denver event. And she was like, I know that events are really hard to do and there's a lot that goes on. And I just want to say that it was done so well and we all had such a great time. And it was just a very, very sweet note that went a long way because it's true you know nothing is as glamorous as it looks or as easy as it looks Um, and so just a simple note like that really makes it all worth it yeah thank
1: you so much Catherine that was was Catherine from Denver so Mm -hmm. thanks for that kind note about our Denver event yeah our Denver event popped off it was sold out everyone was um, awesome and the team did a really great job Chloe and Shara Mm -hmm. and Kayla from um, afar just getting everything together for that but um, we were actually talking about the entrepreneurial thing because of the girl in the group.
2: Yeah, so we had Becky in the group uh, reach out to everyone. She said, anyone starting a business this summer, I'm in the same boat and freaking out. Um, And she said, let me support you with love and social follows if so, which is so sweet. Yeah, I mean, summer's such an interesting time to start something new. It does feel right because it's a new season, but I do also think it's the time when it's like really tempting not to dig in and get shit done if you really want to start something. I've always kind of felt like it was a really good incubator time. So giving myself three months and organizing in that way to have something ready for September 1 or the fall or whatever that may be. And whether it's a personal pursuit or business wise, um, it's a really nice way to. No one needs to know about it. You know what I mean? Like, people are doing their thing over the summer. So, I really, for me and what I want to do, I don't need to share it with anyone. And then come fall, I feel like it's ready. But I also think for people starting a business, it's a great time to bring people together in community to get opinions or like ideas um, or feedback about your brand or whatever you are doing because people I feel like are a little bit more relaxed and open and willing to help. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: agree. I also think I, just think about you know the way that businesses are going nowadays too especially in our our arena and it seems like everyone's building them from the outside in and i think it should be the opposite everyone's creating the the website they're creating the social media accounts they're doing everything from the branding the logo and everything like that because women were very creative we're very visual you know we kind of see things in our minds before it is, exists on this plane but I think people need to do the foundation first. And like I said in our interview with Jane from Dermalogica, you need to kind of build the car while it's moving. So you need to have all the structures and everything set up in place before I think, you know, you're sharing with people, you're creating the social media account, you're creating the newsletter, you're creating all of these things and create the demand for whatever your business is. And then kind of go from there and have the um, your consumer... The community, whoever is your buyer in quotes, or the person that is consuming whatever it is that you're putting out um, can help you guide where you're going to take your business. Mm-hmm. Because I, I do think a lot of times too, people equate the amount of followers that you have with the amount of money that you make. And that is absolutely not true there is such a discrepancy in that place where we know people that have millions of followers and they don't make that much money. And then we know people that have 10,000 followers and they make a lot of money. So the equation of having a social following support is very important. You need to be supporting the women in your community, however it is that you can. And I think the Almost 30 Podcast Facebook group, if you join it, we are there for you and we would love to support you in your endeavor, however that may be. But understanding that just because you have a low amount of followers or high amount of followers doesn't mean that your business is making a money, an amount of money that equates to that. So I really, really challenge people to think about that when they are starting their business. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on the, the social number. It, it, it will come. I think you need to focus on actually creating a sustainable business that you are proud of, that you feel aligned to,
2: that is making money and then kind of going from there. And also not focusing on the amount of people you're reaching in the beginning. You know, so if you can have a smaller audience that are super engaged, those 10 people will tell... Each of them will tell 10 people and so on and so forth. So whether it's a local bakery, like you just are doing like a pop-up bakery and like maybe you have 10 customers who are obsessed with you, they're going to tell 10, 20 friends, right? So not focusing on like, oh God, like, you know... That, that podcast or that brand reaches so many people in this many cities and they can deliver to there and do this. It's like, Hey, if you have Tim Ferriss mentioned this mentions this in his tools of Titans, the 1000 true fans, which I think was originally by Kevin Kelly. Um, we can link the article in the show notes, but it's just the idea that you know if they are engaged and they are, um, if you're giving them valuable content, um, and they spend a hundred dollars a year with you, that's a hundred thousand dollars. So really, focusing on those people that are engaged and trust you, and it will organically build.
1: Yeah, if you think about you know a price point for your product, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 100, but just thinking simply about those numbers, and you know 100,000 dollars is an amazing amount of money to make for you, depending on where you're living and your expenses. Um, and the number a1,000 is not absolute. Um, it can be 50 dollars per year with 2,000, but I think that's a helpful number to think about when you're thinking about structuring your business so you could potentially do this full-time in the future.
2: Yeah, and I'd love to know, you know, what people are freaking out about specifically, because I'm sure the fears kind of range depending on people's experiences. And I can imagine, at least from my experience and perspective, just the Business and structural part of it all might be daunting to say a more creative person, Um, and vice versa for someone who's really into structuring and strategizing and operating the business. Maybe they feel like they don't have the time to get creative. So I do feel like there is a delicate dance that needs to be done, and it might not always feel balanced at all. I don't know if it ever does but really carving in time to be creative, whatever that means for you, whether it is a white space day and you're able to go out in nature or maybe you just free write or you just allow ideas to come in. I think that's just as important as putting um, you know, the structures in place to run the business.
1: Yep. And what Becky is doing, she's doing a small batch ice cream shop. So cool. Called Cherry on Top Creamery, which is incredible. And the girls in the group are supporting her with all that they can so um, we've actually also too been talking about with almost 30 podcasts and I wanted to see almost 30 nation community if you're interested in doing something like a mentorship program so this mentorship program would take a situation like Becky's and match Becky Becky up with someone else in the group that is an entrepreneur has started their own business and is running it successfully um, so we're kind of exploring this idea and if you guys are interested in that please let us know in the Facebook group and we can see what we can do about that this fall.
2: Yeah. I was just talking to my friend, speaking of entrepreneurs, my friend, Kate Hoffman, who started Spacey Studios. Um, and I'm just so impressed by you know, her commitment and her vision. This is a place where um, we can go. You can go to find curated collections of art, art that you might not normally see or discover and learn about it. And you can buy in trios. I recently got a collection by Delta Venus. So my mountains date palms in in Cairo, and the falls. It's a really beautiful, simple drawing, um, and I'm loving it. I just... There's something about creating a space and looking around and being like, oh, I designed this. And Spacey connects you with artists who are really cool. It's not snobby whatsoever. Uh, so if you'd like to check it out, spaceystudios.com, you can use the code ALMOST30 for a discount. But I just... You know, with entrepreneurs, it's an idea like that, which is not a new idea, but doing it differently and being brave enough to kind of create a community around it. I think the community is key. Yeah, I love that. And community,
1: I'm excited for our retreat.
2: Cannot wait. We just sold out. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Sold out. But we did it. You know, we're so excited to meet you and to spend time with 24 of you at Calamigos Ranch in Malibu. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. We love Calamigos Ranch. It's restoration hardware in Malibu
1: chic and we have a full schedule of... Re- restorative um, healing modalities. We have astrology, we have um, massages, makeup stuff. We have mini facials. We have amazing, delicious plant-based and non-plant-based food. Uh, there is tons of activities and connection and community there. So we are excited to create a beautiful space for our girls
2: that attend. Yeah, we can't wait. So it's gonna be health and wellness to spirituality, workouts, silliness, it's going to be great. And we also... I'm really excited. The brand, the swimwear brand, 437 Swimwear, is donating bathing suits, which is for all body types, super yummy and comfortable to wear. So that'll be great. That'll be a part of the gift bag among a ton of other things. You might want to bring an extra suitcase.
1: I know. I would actually probably. Yeah. (laughs) We have like custom candles. We have face stuff. We have sun care. We have makeup from beauty counter. We have face masks. We have skinny dipped almonds, primal kitchen, (laughs) and tons and tons
2: and tons of others. So get ready. Yeah. Get ready. Um, But yeah, we're really, really excited. Hopefully this is the first of more. Yeah. I don't know many, but more, (laughs) Um, but we can't wait to meet you on tour as well. We will be touring until the end of the year. So check our schedule, almost 30 com slash tour. It's been really fun so far. Yeah. It's been a blast. I cannot wait to
1: see you guys in person. It's been one of the most fulfilling things of my life.
2: Truly, truly. Fellow new podcaster, on the podcast today, Kat Sadler, who was previously a host for many years on E! And just an overall really inspiring woman who has stood up for what she believes in and is now starting her own podcast called Naked, which we are really excited about. Raw, real conversations with women, fascinating women in her bedroom.
1: Yeah. And she's so authentic and real and cool and... It's funny when we have guests like Kat on where I have such clear vivid memories of them from that point. So, you know, now that I've met her and I know her, I can just remember every time I've seen her on E, every time I've seen her on the red carpet or on TV, so, so clearly. And she is as bright and shiny in person
2: as she is on TV. And I was just so excited and blown away by her. Yeah, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. It's funny. It's inspiring. She gets really real about a lot of things, not only her time at E, but she's a mom as well. And so she's really uh, very transparent about it all, which we really appreciate and learn from. Uh, you could check out thecatwalk.com, the C A T T walk.com. That's her website. It's a place where you can find the the podcast, her YouTube channel, you can shop. There's fashion, inspiration, mood, lifestyle, all the things. And she's a beautiful writer.
1: Yeah. And she spoke about us in the Hollywood
2: Reporter recently, oh. which was breathtaking. So nice. Thank you, Kat.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. It was during a week where I was feeling like a little alone in um, in what I'm doing and it was just a nice reminder that I don't always need to be doing something for someone to recognize me. You know, It doesn't always need to be that I am doing something for them that they will do something for me. And so to just have her mention us along with Goop and Oprah's Super Soul in the Hollywood Reporter interview about her new podcast was just so heartwarming. And I'm so grateful and have so much gratitude for her in shouting us out. Um, it, It meant a lot to both of us.
2: She was super open and honest about her time at E when in particular she spoke up and left E because her co-host was being paid, her male co-host was being paid more than double what she was making. So it was headline news, which in itself is a stressful situation, but she made a statement and... Uh, it's it's something that we really look to and when we want to have these harder conversations and stand up for what we believe in, women like her we use as expanders in that way.
1: Yeah, and I've said this before, but she wouldn't need to, if she did stick with E and she still was making, you know, a third as, of what her co-host was, she wouldn't need to tell anyone and no one would have known if she would have kept the same contract even though they weren't going to honor the same amount that her co-host was being paid with the same amount of experience. So the fact that she did choose to stand up against it to stand out and to stand up for equal pay rights for women in such a public setting in the entertainment reporting industry is huge. So we honor her for that. And she got tons of badass points in my books for doing that. So she is doing work right now um, with the pay wage difference for women. And that is a lot of her story and
2: her, her mission. Love her. All right. Enjoy this episode. If you love it, share with your friends, rate and review on iTunes if you're called to. And we will talk more about it in the group and we'll share a review on the other side of this episode. Thank you for everything. We love you. And enjoy. Enjoy. I mean, I know. Are they the most gorgeous? Oh,
0: every Honestly. mother says their kids are the most gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Thank you. Honestly. You wouldn't know it because they don't let me put them on my social media. <gasps> I'm I love that. that they don't. I'm into that. I <laughs> know. I know. I'm into it's, that. It's really hard though because I'm like,
2: People You're are my life. like
0: she. they people probably think I'm never around my kids, but I'm like they're two feet in front of me, but they won't <laughs> let me. You know, as I do everything, people are like she's probably never with their kids. We never see the kids; they don't <laughs> exist. I'm like they do. They just. Yeah, yeah, did you she, ever
2: get any like mommy comments? Can I Turn myself up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent.
0: Really low. I can barely hear me, but I hear you. Hello. 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 A little bit better. Getting there. Ooh. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I like that course. too. Actually. Yeah, i like to hear you better.
2: Um, Yeah, do you get any like mommy, like. Shame. Shame. Mommy shit.
0: You know what? Not really, but I think that's probably because, back to my point, I don't do a lot of mom shares and my kids are older. I mean, when my kids were young, Instagram didn't exist. They're 14 and 18. Dude, what? 18. Yeah. 18. dang so in many ways i'm like so jealous so many of my friends are having kids they have toddlers they have younger kids and i i watch their feeds and I'm like oh that's so cute and oh they're at the party or they're at the beach or they're doing all these amazing things and and i my kids are so void from all of that yeah um but but no so i guess the answer is i don't really I mean the interesting thing is anytime i tend to talk about raising teenagers or or i don't do it often and it won't include a picture of them today, but I get a huge response from other parents raising teens today. That seems to be the mom topic that comes back again and again.
1: I mean, I'm sure it's such a a changing landscape. I was listening to Mm -hmm. a really good podcast with Rich Roll and um, there was an author and psychologist and she does a lot of work on teen girls. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of the information was applicable for teen boys too. And just like how to navigate that. And especially in the digital age with everything that's changing, it's like there's conversations that are being had that have never been had before with parents. Yeah. You know, about pornography, about like Instagram, about Facebook. It's just like- such an interesting and uniquely challenging time.
0: Very well said. I think there's no manual. It's like we're in this unknown territory. How do you navigate yeah. it every day? It's it's very scary, A, for parents, but you really empathize with the kids today. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's always been hard to be a teenager. But I really do feel like there's this extra layer or extra layers of challenges. And it is, I would say the origin of that is social media. I mean, my kids have friends over all the time and it's like, I have to get them out of their phones. I'm like, do you even see how cute she is? She's 10 feet away from you. Like you're not even talking to her and they'll be talking, but like on their phones in front of one another. I'm like, is this real life right now? Is this really happening? Probably talking about you. Yeah, (laughs) probably. That's probably true. After like, when's she
2: leaving? (laughs) I was listening to Dr. Shivali. She's on Oprah a lot. But anyway, they were talking about parenting and just like how much of the work of parenting is the work on yourself and like the children will just unfold and bloom for lack of a better term in the wake of that rather than impressing upon them kind of like what you didn't have or what you didn't fulfill. Like, do you see like, are your children a mirror in any way? I've never
0: heard that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, that's some of the best advice I ever got was from therapists and from experts that I've talked to is just mirror to them what you want them to see. That's the best. Yeah. The best example you can give them is just how you conduct yourself, how, you know, how you stay even, how you're not high and so low. And, you know, um, because it can be very emotional, as you know, um, at this age sure. with hormones and, and you remember how we all yes. were, you know, it's just, it's already hard, right? Um, so that is good advice. It's just I think as a parent, at least for me personally, I'm always second guessing myself because it's just like, where's the line, you know, with the discipline, how much leeway do you give them? How do you continue to have them talking to you and telling you everything? You know, it's just, it's a constant like tug on almost doubting yourself Mm because you don't, you don't want to fuck your kids up, you know?
1: So. I feel it too. You know, I don't have kids, but I feel it even in running a business and like, the way I navigate life. So it's almost like, I wonder if it's like a feminine thing too. And especially for you as, you know, I don't know if you're in a relationship right now, but I know that you parent your your boys. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you know, I'm not sure if you have that consistent, like person where you're like, am I doing this right? You know, with like a, a partner that you have all the time
0: where you're like, is this how we do this? Is this how I should do this? Well, I'll take that even one step further. I, I have a really beautiful situation and that their father and I, we divorced in 2007, you know, eons ago when they were little. But I always like to say, I joke that we consciously uncoupled before Gwyneth and Chris because we had a very beautiful dissolve (laughs) and he's amazing. And we were co-parenting from like the get-go. So on the one hand, that's amazing because I hear from them all the time and their friends and their teachers like, bravo, you guys are like, you know, there isn't the, the drama that so many divorced families go through. But- because I'm so close with my ex-husband and we are in contact every single day about them, it's like, we're not married. So therefore we're not always on the same page. And now that we've grown apart personally, you know, their dad wants to do things one way, I feel about it this way. And so there is a divide. So that almost is a layer of complication that I never predicted would be a thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I want to be more military and I want to draw the line. And I'm like, okay, just calm down. You know, I have mm-hmm. a certain way. So we do butt heads on that sometimes. But I think if what it was he- my actual husband living under the same roof, we would find a way to come at them or hear them together. together. Right. Yeah. And it might be like, you could be like, okay, this this triggers me. I want to
1: tap out. Mm-hmm. You know, but with, with you, when it's just you in the household and it's him in the household separately, it's like, you, you, you're you having yours and then if there is doubt and then he's having his and you're like, okay, well, uh, you kind of need to know what he's doing too. I mean, that yeah. can be so complicated. What do you do to like, do you have conversations with him first? Like, this is a topic that we should be aware of
0: and that we should communicate to our sons or what's that yeah, like? Yeah, we do. He's really great at it. I have to give him so much praise. I mean, he and I both just pick up the phone. We're in contact wow. a lot and it's like, okay, hold up, wait a minute, what happened? What do you think? Well, here's what I think. We just, to give you an example, just this weekend, um, poor Austin, (laughs) 18-year-old. But I was like, Austin, uh, your dad and I want to have lunch with you. He's like, oh God. You know, oh, what do you want? You know, what's it about? I was like, you know, and honestly, I do have family meetings, you know, usually it's in one room in the house. Can't wait for those. Yeah, I know. We have to come together and have serious (laughs) conversations. But I was like, you know, we never, we don't get to do this very often. Your dad's coming. We have to talk about college. We have to talk about this. We have to talk. And it's funny because it kind of did spiral into what he was paranoid it would be, which is like a whole coming at him about like real life responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera. He's 18. He's an adult. Like all these things are so pressing on him at this stage of his life that you can't not talk about them. But you know, he was a little extra sensitive. But at the end of the day, um, I don't know how else you go about it. His dad and I were on the same page, we wanted to talk to him. We come together, we did it over a burger and fries like it was was all good, but that's just real life. But mm -hmm. and and you're just still dealing with you know, still
2: hormones at that age. And I think it's so beautiful, though, you know, for you to for you guys to like come together to be so collaborative in your parenting i know that's always the goal you know if if you do separate but like to actually practice that in front of your kids is just like such a gift for them that they don't realize is a gift yet but i can just imagine like later you know they'll look back on this time and it's just i don't know it's just in a different form you still have a relationship you know like it's just not a marriage, but it is still just such a deep relationship. So I think that's beautiful.
0: Well, thank you. I think that was born out of both of us being the children of divorce oh, where that yeah. was so not a thing. And I think we were deeply affected by that growing up. So we both like instantly were like, all right, listen, if the marriage part is over, the parenting part doesn't have to be over, shouldn't be over. And here's how we want to do this. I mean, I could take that one step further and say that his wife um, is a very dear friend of mine. we work worked together, but she too... Consciously said, you know, like she wouldn't have been a part of the equation if she wasn't on board with how this was going to be yeah. progressive and loving and, you know, one big family. And that doesn't mean it's easy, but she also made a choice to say, okay, I'm going to be this kind of stepmom. I'm going to still let you guys do this for the kids. It's been really, really great.
1: Wow. That's huge. Did you guys do that on your own or with therapist help?
0: It's funny because I remember this so clearly when Austin was, I think like seven or eight, he was having a birthday party and it was the first time Kyle and I had been divorced for like a year maybe. And, um, and he was like, he asked me again, very respectfully. He was like, I've been seeing this girl for several months. Can she come to the birthday party? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I would much prefer him to be seeing someone seriously than a flavor of the week every other, you know, with the kids going over there, all that. So I was like, great. Yes, I'd love to meet her. And all my girlfriends were of course like, oh my God, you're going to meet Dude, her. Dude, when girls try in, you, know, you got to be were like, like, who is she? Oh my God, <laughs> she's coming. Oh my God. Did you see her? Oh my God. You know, it was like one of those. <laughs> and I was much younger then. But um, she, from day one, I it was, and I have told this story a couple of times, but you know, it was time to cut the cake. It was the birthday party. And I was like, I'm cutting the cake. Do you want to scoop the ice cream? She came over and that was it. It was like team. It was team. And she's been phenomenal ever since. Like, not a single instance. I'm not even exaggerating. Wow. So she oh. is a beautiful human. Oh, I, I
2: don't know that. what she says about me behind closed doors.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: but it does take, you know, I can imagine, I, you know, I haven't been married or or been divorced, but it's like I can imagine that, like, you really have to put your ego aside in those moments. Like… One of you is gonna get married first, remarried first, or have a relationship first. It's just such a, an interesting thing to think about. I'm also wondering, like, at that time, like, what was going on, career-wise, and how were you able to balance that and really like navigate as gracefully as possible. Mm.
0: You know, I remember because just for the record, I have been married twice and divorced twice, but this was my first divorce, and this was through you know, obviously, my kids were small, and it was a much It was a much more kind of devastating season in my life. But at the time, you know, I was on E and I was on camera every single day and I was hosting a show every single day. And I like to say that in many ways, I mean, work really saved me in that it was not an option to stay in bed. It was not an option to drink wine all day. It was not an option to do all the things that most of us would be compelled to do at a time like that. Um, So, Work was good for me in many, many ways because I could just, the light would go on and I would have to be cat and I would have to report on the Kardashians and do all the things that I had to do. At the same time, looking back, you know, I don't know how healthy that was because I've, throughout my career, that's always been a coping mechanism that I can just turn it on and turn it off and turn it on because you got, you can't have bad days when you're on TV every single day. So I survived, I like to say, you know, definitely have that soldier gene in me where it was like, show's got to go on, life's got to go on, and no pity party here. Like, you have two kids to raise. So, kind of always had that kind of wiring. Um, so, it was okay.
2: Yeah. Did, I started dating again. It was great. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Did it ever feel like, um, like within the business that there was a pressure to be to kind of not be invulnerable about what was going on in your life. Not that you should bring everything to work, but I'm just curious as to like the structure of, you know, the world that you're in, in TV. Like yeah. what does that feel like when you are going through something that's so hard? Like I'm sure your, you know, co-hosts were amazing, but just like on a higher level, like them looking down and, and putting pressure on you. Right.
0: You know, it's interesting because back then, some, you know, during that really transformative time in my life, um, I again it was like it was pre I mean, Twitter was just barely mm-hmm. born. So wow. it wasn't at a time when you were on IG stories all day, like yeah. I feel bad and I'm having it on day. Like it just wasn't like a yeah. share world like it is now. Um my coworkers were very supportive and whatnot, but at the time that particular show was so straightforward. It was yeah. just pop culture. It was just, um, you know, the housewives and 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 what was going on in pop culture news. So it, there really wasn't a space for it to be about me at all. To be honest, um, that changed though. When you know the last year that I was at E, I did a show called Daily Pop, and that was live, and that was two hours, and that was not scripted, very barely scripted. So it was a point of view show, and it was share your life story, and um, it was very additive, and they very much wanted you to crack it all open and let it all hang out, and you know connect with the audience over certain issues and whatnot. So um, I I I feel pretty good in that space. Um, it's interesting. I feel like I I almost garnered more fans through a show like that where it is it is more real, right? It's more authentic and everybody goes through stuff, right? So the minute you say, "Oh, you know, I'm going through this breakup," or "Oh, this happened," or "Oh, I lost my dad," or whatever it is, I think, you know, and again, it brings it back to I'm sure what you guys are doing right now and what I'm doing on my own podcast, like people when they feel connected to others' experiences, Everybody feels more comfortable in their own skin, I think. So um, So I've never really shied away from sharing. It's a little more difficult for me because I am a journalist and an interviewer. So I'm way better at asking you guys the questions than sitting here and answering them. Um, but I'm getting better at it. I'm getting much more comfortable being vulnerable like that. Yeah. You're going to crush the podcast. That's, that is what's amazing about the podcast
1: is that it is provides a space for the honesty and the vulnerability. It's interesting too, to think about like, yeah, I was kind of thinking about that trajectory. It's like nowadays, if you were still on, you might have to address the divorce publicly. You know, there's, And there's something to like the more you share with your audience, you know, if you're sharing on stories, if you're sharing on the podcast, like once you get on the podcast space and you're sharing very vulnerably all the time, it's almost like you owe them to be honest and vulnerable. So sometimes it's really challenging to find the line. Right. to find the line of like what is something that I don't want to share when you've shared you know stuff about your divorce or stuff about your family or stuff about your um you know your parents or or whatever it is so once you've shared so much of you it's almost like they assume you've shared everything and you probably haven't or you are planning to or whatever so it's like a really fuzzy area now with how much people are sharing and how much people have access to you
0: right it is I, I- I completely agree with you and understand that. And the other component is, it's not that I, I am particularly private at all. I'm like a farm girl from Indiana. Like I've always had a big personality. Like I, I you know, I, I'm, what you see is what you get. Yeah. But like, for example, going through a really bad breakup or something for me, it's not even that I'm afraid to share. It's that I actually care about people's feelings. And like, if, if, if there's another person in the variable I'm really um, careful. Like that's, I already kind of made the mistake of going on another Patterson and saying more than I probably should. And then I just, I just felt bad Mm -hmm. because I'm like, he didn't really deserve that. Maybe he did deserve it actually. (laughs) But, but, you know, you, you do, you know, human beings are involved in these stories and everybody has feelings. And this is a very, you know, the, the reach on these types of, of shows are, are vast, as you know, mm-hmm. when you're so popular like you guys. So <laughs> you do have to, um, I, I, I like to be very conscious of that. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not just about me all the time. Yeah. And it's just your, pers- I always remember it's my perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: So like they have another side and I just have the microphone and the ability to share it. You know, right. I wanted to talk about that for being from Indiana. I'm from Ohio.
2: Midwest, midwest gals for life
1: <laughs> corn country forever Ever. i looked at iu um i was really
2: hung over that day and i think that's why i didn't choose to go there you would have fit right in i know i like so a, funny those little things just like little steered little us things. away rainy day not yeah. gonna go honestly, here honestly
1: yeah. i'm out yeah my mom said uh, about college of charleston she's like it's mostly girls i'm like i'm not going there <laughs>
0: exactly. uh, so what where was, did you go i went to miami of Ohio? Of Ohio. Oh, I yeah, yeah. So my best friend Katie went there. Really? I, w- I spent a lot of time on campus there during college because she was there and you could drink there <laughs> <That> early, <laughs> right? Did you not at IU? Um, well, no, you had to be 21 though. Oh, you had yeah. to be 21 mm. at IU to drink. Wait, why not 21 but at But in Miami of Ohio, didn't you have to only be 18? You could go in bars at 18. Maybe, I bet. <laughs> Back you then, could go <laughs> bars, you it was you could way before bars. you. Yes. That was what it was. Yes. You could not go in a bar in Indiana unless you were 21. So, but, uh. but you guys had Greek houses. Oh yeah, we didn't. We weren't allowed to.
1: So coming from Indiana and moving to LA, like there's a lot of people that wanted the jobs that you had, that wanted to be in the space that you were, that wanted to be doing what you were doing. And and you had the dream job, as you said, and which I want to talk about, you know, that transition before, but what was it about you that made you successful?
0: Like, what was it about your personality or like your tenacity? Wow. That's a great question. It might be a combination. First of all, thank you for saying that I was successful. You know, it's always oh, relative so and everybody has their own version. You know, we're oh. still never quite there. But um, I think how I, I secured the job that I did to your point that every girl around the globe would have given a left arm. Yes. Not every girl, sorry. Not every girl wants to be a TV host. But anyway, um, I think a lot of it had to do with, uh, as cheesy as this sounds, um, true kind of universal purpose. That I think I was always kind of called to um, to be, I hate to say on television, but to be in a position with some reach and use my voice to perhaps tell stories yeah, important stories, not yeah. just the entertainment side of things, but also um, timing. I think when I got, uh, I had been in local news for 10 plus years um, prior to getting to national television. And so, By the way, there's another key part of that experience, 10 years of local news, but the timing was right. I mean, by the time I got the job nationally, um you know, there used to kind of be this stigma, like, oh, a mom was one way, right? Like she's a mom. And that, there were so many like stigmas attached to that. And it was at the time when Angelina Jolie was having eight kids and Heidi Klum had all these babies. And the celebrity mom thing really became like this fascination Um, or there was a fascination with it. And so, you know, timing, it was like everything kind of worked out. I was a mom of two at this point. I was still living in Indiana. I had jumped around. I was in San Francisco for a while and I was in LA for a minute. But by the time I had two kids, I was back doing local news in Indianapolis and I got the itch, you know, like so many people do. I was watching E at home. I was like I was just so convinced that I could do it. I just it was that kind of just of a feeling. I was like I've done this t- why don't I do it then? I could do that, you know, one of those things and so it is the sense of belief also. And um I told my agent at the time I just said, "You know what if what if what what if um, we just you know dig around a little set up some meetings and see what happens like could I secure a job in Hollywood doing entertainment reporting because that really was my passion my background was arts and entertainment I was on musicals I was in a band I loved film and fashion and all that stuff and three months later I got the job but at the time they said to me because they were casting a show called The Daily 10 way back when, And they just really liked the fact that I was a mother. So at the time, you know, 10 years prior, not 10, five years prior when I was pregnant with Austin, people were saying, oh, she's going to not do TV anymore. She's going to take a year off and go be a mom. And that's that. And I was like, no, 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 no. You know, I knew I already knew. Like sometimes you just know, right? Like I just knew um, having kids when I did was the right thing. And when I got the job on me, I had two kids. I was the least likely person to get that. Job, but I did have ten years under my belt at the time, and um, I did get in that audition, and I felt like I deserved the job because I was auditioning with a bunch of national faces. People, I was sitting at home watching on TV. I was an absolute nobody, um, but I was like, hold on. After I got in the room, I was like, oh, I was good as that. You know, I. It was the experience that served me at that mm-hmm. time, um, and 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 then it all just kind of worked out, I guess, as it was supposed to.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I think people forget about the 10 years local. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean? People want to go straight from nothing to Mm e-news and like 10 years and local news is not,
0: a joke. (laughs) It's not super glam. Oh, not remotely. And it's not a joke. Well, you know what? That was the other beautiful part of that story and that season of my life is I felt like I kind of earned it. It was a nice feeling because it was like, I did get up at 3 a.m. and do a morning show for four years. I did. Like, I was trying to nurse a baby and drive to work and dress myself and do my own makeup and book my own stories and edit my own pieces. Like, I definitely paid my dues. So then when you get get there and you get like the dream job. And, like, did it feel clothes. easy
2: <gasps> in a way? Like, was it kind of like, oh, like I've worked my muscles. Like they kind of yeah. know how to do this and can you can kind of settle in. You mean the work itself? Yeah. Like, I don't think the work itself is easy, but almost because you yeah. you were the writer, you did your own makeup, you did the wardrobe, you did all the things first, and then you were kind of stepping into more of a machine.
0: that was well, or maybe at least very much. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. I I had traveled to LA LA and New York doing, you know, local news, both in San Francisco and in Indianapolis. And I would do these movie junkets. If you guys know what Mm -hmm. those are, New York, LA or whatever. And I remember I would, I went a couple times to Disneyland, you know, they have the big premieres or the big, um, what's the Johnny Depp? Oh, yeah, the The Pirates of the Caribbean, thank you. And I remember, oh my God, it was PS. Like, that was my all time crush growing up. Like, oh. I just was so obsessed with Johnny Depp. I never, ever <laughs> thought I would actually meet him. Then I met, I know that's a whole lot uh, him and you're like, topic. Uh, quite the crush. <laughs> oh, the other comment. I'm like, he wasn't like that then. Anyway, but I remember being on that line with, I kid you not, 100 reporters, like the longest wow. red line at Disneyland, like red carpet line ever. And I remember being at the very end, a little local reporter from Indianapolis. And I remember seeing Orlando Bloom walk by and Johnny Depp and like, you hold out your mic and you're like, please, please, just one question. You know, I did that forever. You don't have a rep, you don't have a Wrangler, you don't have. So yes, to answer your question, by the time I got to E, I within, I want to say the first year that I was there, we did a 30 minute live half hour special from Disneyland on a platform with like the exclusive (laughs) first position. And I had a crew of eight people around me and, and, you know, like, and it was out of body. I mean, I'll never forget Um, it because it was just like, wow. So yes, it it felt too easy because I'm like, I just stand here and wait for somebody to come over and then they know they're talking to me and they want to talk to me. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and somebody's in my ear telling me what to say when I can't think of anything to say. This is awesome. How do you do that? Like, how does that work? So you're like, hello. What's that earpiece called? IFB. IFB. It, I-F-B. Does it confuse you ever? Um. Well... It's it's a it's a training. It's yeah. an experience thing where over the years you just get very used to talking, listening, and listening to the person next to you, and listening to the person in your ear, and talking at the same time. So it is a Talent. skill. So you know, for the people who who have never done it, and you watch TV and you are like, "That's easy." Like it no. really is. Mm-hmm. And there is an art to it, and it is mostly just doing it again and again and again. Um, but uh, oh, I t- I was just gonna say that not every producer is so good at it because there is a bit of an art with like a producer in a booth who's supposed to talk to you. For example, you and I are sitting here right now. I ask you a question. You start to answer. That's when they're supposed to come in my ears. Mm. So I don't have three things out. What I just described is kind of the worst case scenario. So there is an art to it. And not everybody is as good at it. (laughs) I'll never forget. And this is another kind of Embarrassing story, but I was covering the Oscars one year, and I was at the Governor's Ball, and that's also live, which is a whole other thing because if you mess up, you know there are no do overs. And Russell Brand was on his way into the party. I love him him too. He's I know. Do you listen to his podcast? Yeah. He's wow. What What a cool one. I know. He's he's amazing. But he had just gotten sober around that time, and when you are live and you're on TV and you have a minimum of 30 people coming your direction, you know, all Oscar winners and big directors and high pressure situations and you're live on TV and you're trying to be cute and funny and to have your lip gloss, on, lip gloss on and you can't breathe in your dress. I mean. And then you're listening to the producer in your ear and I'll never forget this. One producer was like, oh, uh, Russell's right over there. Ask him, you know, if he's going to have a <laughs> glass of champagne, something. Like he was just Aww. joking around. As was like, Get it? And I lessen. It was Horrific. I literally did one of those where I just repeated what he said because he said it and I was thinking of 10 things and I was like, and I was, I literally had a physical producer standing next to me who was already telling me about the next person in line. So, you know, you've got 10 things going on in your brain and I just blurted out what he said and I'll I'll never forget. Like, Russell kind of like looked at me and then kind of like blew me off and went into the party. It wasn't standing right in front of me, but it was like enough of a moment. And Twitter like chewed me up. I mean, understandably, like, Not that bad. But but people were like, oh, that's really nice. Ask the sober guy if he's going for champagne. I was like, I know. It's
2: horrible. Anyway, I haven't
0: thought about that one in a long time. Okay. So that we wanted to bring that back up. (laughs) We wanted to make
1: sure that we relive those (laughs) moments. Yeah. What do you do when like you're so public? So everything, like all your mistakes are so public, like how do you, I have a hard time listening to myself and that's, I'm not seeing myself. I'm not. So wh- how have you been able to like, make sure that your self-talk is positive, where you feel good about, you know, the way you're presenting the self, the way you look on TV?
0: It's a great question. You know, I joke with my friends, a lot of whom were and are like makeup artists or stylists, because, you know, we've been in the business and that's who you you know gravitate to. And, you know, we've raised our kids together and um, and we always kind of joke we're like we're crazy you like you can't not be crazy you watch yourself on TV you're your worst critic like you have to see that every day you can literally go crazy um so I think there was a period in time when I I pr- probably was far more self-conscious about that. I think that was at a time though when I still felt like I was proving myself or I I deserved the job or I I hadn't been there that long where I just felt less stable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that went away over time and just, um, and, and I'm sure that comes with age also. And we're in such a period of self-help and I am very much on board with that. So I do a lot of work. I'm going to have my cat formations. I do daily affirmations. I do hot yoga. Like it's, I'm constantly working out my, my mental and my emotional and my physical to just try to be tip top every single day. But of course I'm human like anybody else. And you know, you read those, that one comment on Mm -hmm. Instagram and like it, it, you know, I don't don't even know if it eats at me. I feel like the need to respond and and I practice resistance to doing that most days, but um, I've been pretty lucky. I don't think people care about me that much, to be honest. I don't get like a lot of hate. So it's kind of nice. I mean, you know, there's like nothing to hate, but
1: yeah, it's like, I even saw your YouTube, like reading your assumptions about me catch me never doing that.
0: I would literally <laughs> never
1: do that. Cause they'd be like, you wake up late. And I'd be like, oh my God, you know? You're like, right. I literally I'm setting be, my alarm now. I know I'd be so. <laughs> oh, well, that's terrible by the way. You should be so ashamed I of know. You How know, dare you? Uh, that that I is I can't like... even say anything something that would make me feel insecure. Cause I'd be so like upset. Like I'd be like, it would be, it would be very challenging for me if I had an insecurity and someone validated it, that they saw it. That would kill me. Mm. you know? So when you did that, I was like, oh, that's so like baller. Like, why would just, it
0: like, kill you? Like, I why don't... do you
1: think that is? Yeah, that's a good question. Kat, this isn't your. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
0: yeah, I mean, I think. Do you know it, what I mean? It's just,
2: it's a single person with a single opinion. Mm. Well, sometimes people, I feel like some. sometimes people pick up. Depends on the day. Pick too, up on. Some days I'm like, fuck it. I yeah. don't literally care. And some days yeah. I'm like, please tell me more. Yeah. Some people can pick up on, like an insecurity in someone else and then it gets them off to call it oh, because right. they probably have either a similar insecurity yeah. or an insecurity in general that like maybe was triggered recently like who knows it's yeah. kind of like a a weird cycle of energy yeah. on the internet yo you yeah. know what i mean big time big time i'd love to know too like i mean you're you, you were made for this and i feel like you're just so deeply connected to you know, what this, this path right now is for you? Like, what is your spiritual life? Like, you know, like how do you stay on that path? Cause I'm sure you have a lot of shiny objects, you know, in front of you where it's like, do this show or do this opportunity partner with this brand or whatever it is. Like, how do you, because you are so fucking normal, Like you're just like, and, and, and here in LA, I feel like you can just, you tell when people are, are themselves and they really haven't been too affected. So like, how do you stay the course in that way? True to yourself.
0: That is a great question. Um, and thank you. That's so nice when you said I'm made for this. That's so nice. See, we're all still looking for validation. Like, Oh, I am great. Thanks. Um, you know what? I, has served me very, very well, is that I feel like um, I am very in tune with my compass, my just that that feeling. Um, because over time and through life and living and experiences and the good and the bad, um, I've gotten much, much better at kind of fine-tuning that inner compass where this is what I should be doing and this is what I shouldn't be doing. And I am as guilty as everybody as lying to myself or or staying in a relationship too long, even though it feels terrible, or all the red flags are there, or a job maybe like you've done longer than you should have, or you're you're kind of selling your soul or whatever it is. And I just, I don't know. It's funny. I just maybe, maybe like even turning 40, I feel like in the last five years. I just I just have carved out the bullshit and I'm not I'm not mm. it's like I don't have I wouldn't be serving myself and I wouldn't be any good to anybody else if I wasn't really in tune with what is right for me. I'm like a worse mom if I'm like often doing something I shouldn't be doing. It's like it all it just takes you away from being on that frequency, not to sound too meta, mm. but like I believe that shit. Like right now I am in this phase where I have been making some really difficult but important decisions professionally and personally. And every time I, I, even if it's hard, make a decision that I know is the right decision, maybe not the easy decision, but I know is right. I literally in the hours within my day feel the rewards from that. I actually do. it's like all that yeah. stuff we read and i i do read a lot and i meditate now i didn't you know forever like that's a new thing for me in the last couple years but the more you are um working out like that i feel like it's just another form of working ourselves out like it's the formula it doesn't lie, right? Like if you are thinking good thoughts, if you're manifesting and believing your worth and you're putting good into the world and you're loving people, everybody, even the people that are harder to love, like everything just starts aligning and I can't ignore it. Like so I'm like why would I go do that if if this is what happens when I do that? I feel worse, I don't like myself, I second guess myself. My you know all that comes with not living your truth. And that was the biggest thing and that people ask me a lot about the whole leaving E thing and, and and making that decision. I just, I was at this point where I was like, I cannot fake it. I can't, my, if I had to go back to work every single day and, and under it all be bitter and be resentful and be, you know, have some chip on my shoulder, I wouldn't, who can live like that? Like, no. I can't. I can't can, because you know? I literally get sick. Same. Physically ill. Do you know?
2: Oh, I know. It and I
0: stink ass face the whole day too.
2: And, and I think you're right. Like the universe will reward you if you follow that feeling. Like it just, it happens like that. So it's, I think, you know, using your platform too in that way, just, you know, other women, whether they're, you know, in a profession like you or not, like seeing you follow that feeling and standing in that truth, like was so powerful. I mean, I know you know that, but I'm just like that is so powerful to have a platform and make that decision and even though it was a hard one and I'm sure you got a lot of, you know, criticism for it for one way or another, but the 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 impact is so much greater than that.
0: Well, and thanks and listen, I, it was it was because of other women that I, uh, you know, so much of that decision was yes listening to you know what i knew and believed at my core was the right thing for me and the right thing um from a principal standpoint but it was also the women that came before me you know there is this domino effect that's why i love women so much it's like there i, I looked to so many other women who were doing that and were using their voice and were like just taking a stand or taking a leap of faith and a risk you know i might not ever be cast in a movie again or i might you know get blacklisted and I'm like, well, they did it, you know? And so, um, yeah. Remind me what year it was. It was when the, it was December of 2017. It was basically the beginning of okay. last year.
1: Because I was thinking too, I'm like, I, I, do you feel like since then the conversation is amplified even more about uh, equal pay and about, you know, it's almost like, I wonder if there would be even more of an energetic backlash and um, conversation around it. Just as the Trump presidency has, you know, evolved and unraveled, too, people are, are way more angry. People are way more um, apt to speak their truth and have the conversation. So it's almost like you were at the very beginning of it, and um, you know, I think people would be much more angry about it. And I I mean, I know 100% they were. And I just remember when I first heard about it, I was so shocked. And I was so Which part? What uh, I was you? I was shocked about I was shocked about the pay. And I was shocked about I was shocked that you left, to be honest. I thought that was so baller. Like I thought that was so baller that you left. Like cuz I didn't really know that in that situation or circumstance that first of all that that would be such a great disparity between your between your pay and second of all that they wouldn't take the opportunity to 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 make it right and then third that did they i guess did they not think you would say something about it or or what was yeah they didn't think you'd speak up and the fact that you left and you did speak up which i think is so baller oh my god that was the scariest day of my life
0: i can't even imagine (laughs) what
1: was the first step like how was the first outlet that you talked with Ooh,
0: that was the scariest day of my life um Uh, there was so many different like phases of yeah. how that came to that moment, but, um, you know, I didn't speak with an outlet. It leaked. And that is a true story. What happened was I left my final day on air. I want to say it was like December 20th. I said goodbye on the two shows I did a day back to the point of, I was working my ass off. Um, and I couldn't say why, um, you know, You know, listen, I don't even know that they completely... They knew I was leaving, but it wasn't like I went in and said, you guys are discriminating. And it was just like, here's what he's making. Here's what I should be making. Here's what he's making. And it it was like, not going to get there. Not going to get the writing was on the wall. So my decision was made for me. So, Mm. so many things happened behind closed doors, but it was like, let's throw you a party. Let's do it. They wanted all this kind of celebratory departure. I was like, "Mm, that's okay. I was so upset on the inside without having... Because I mean there are legalities involved. And I had attorneys go and be careful. And like, you know, it's like you can't just throw that stuff around lightly um with a huge corporation like that. So I um I just said, I just want to say goodbye. I just want to say goodbye to the viewers because I owe them that after 12 years. And I just want to thank them, to be honest, for hanging out with me and caring about me and following me or whatever it is. And so I said goodbye, to those two shows and but of course, I already had my my blog post on my website written. Um, I'd been writing it for a couple of weeks. Just what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? I felt like I owed the truth to people, and I just wanted to share it and then move on with my life. And by that night, I think it was, I want to say it was either Page Six or Us Weekly or both simultaneously. They're like, she left over a pay disparity issue. Da, 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 da. Um, and I really don't have any idea how exactly that leaked. I mean, I had been talking confidentially with a handful of people about what to do, how to do it, what's the best way, you know. Um, and I think there was a little, a little thinking that, yeah, okay, they might, it might be in the news for a day, you know, but it'll go away. It won't cause any headaches for anybody. I I really think that was the perception. And by the way, you know, I didn't do it for that reason, obviously. Again, it was all just based in principle, what I knew I had to do for my life and my kids and 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 my future and how I wanted to spend the next several years of my life. And I knew what I didn't want. I knew what I did want. And so anyway, as soon as those outlets picked it up, then I posted my blog because I did want it to come for me and mm. I did want it to be, you know, um, my, my position and, you know, my story. So but then it just kind of spiraled. And that was, to your point, in bringing all that up, it was, it was before Time's Up. So Me Too was very much um, in motion. And I had been reporting on a lot of those stories for six months. And again, that's why I was like, she's saying that and she's doing that against that powerful person and that movie studio and all that was kind of happening. And so I kind of felt obligated. It was kind of like, No. Like not not now, not this 20 years in, you know. I'm not no, no, I'll just go work somewhere else, you know? I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, um, but then Times Up was born about 10 days after after that. So there there it was like again, back to the timing of your life. It was just a little bit, you know, the conversation
2: was just starting to be had. Were you legitimately scared to be blacklisted in that way? Or were you just trusting of the moment? And um the time.
0: I had gotten some advice from a couple attorneys They were like, be careful, just keep your mouth shut. Like, really, like, independent people who had no skin in the game. So, um, um but I, 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 the only thing I had to be really, really careful of was disclosing the number of my salary because per my contract, that was not, right. that was not something I could do. And by the way, that was reported very incorrectly also. There were a lot of numbers just randomly being thrown Always. around. They were so far from the truth. Um but I don't, I didn't think I would be blacklisted per se. I mean, but you have to remember E is part of NBC universal, which was a thousand TV. It's like, Oh God, I'm not going to just piss off one channel. I'm going to piss off about 10. Um, but no, I obviously wasn't scared enough because it didn't stop me. Yeah. And so when you were like, Hey, yo, I
1: noticed, so how would you know, how would like someone, I guess, for thinking about women now in the workplace, how would they find out or notice that there was like a paid disparage or pay discrepancy? For themselves in whatever
0: industry yeah. they're working in? yeah. I mean, that's a wonderful question and that's the one that I think everybody's trying to figure out. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I think through these conversations, this idea of transparency is so very important and people are finally having these taboo conversations, which people just didn't have. I mean, I never thought to even ask you know i'd been there for how many years like it didn't even dawn on me cuz it was brought to my attention that's the whole reason this whole thing kind of started is that someone planted the seed that said you're severely underpaid i was like wait what yes. i didn't even think about that so that's so i think you know there is a certain amount of accountability that we as women um, have to put on ourselves to take ownership of our worth and our value and our experience and our education whatever goes into that number and whatever job it is we have to figure out where we are on that scale. Um, and then, you know, there is a lot of information out there. I mean, there are there are websites uh, that you can go to to kind of look at what the going rate is for A, B, and C job in this city and this amount of education. So you, it requires some work. I think um, a lot of these corporations are, are trying to get on the side of what's right now. I think because everyone's getting exposed and I think mean people, even if it's not like beautiful intention that they want everybody to be paid fairly, but more of they're scared of some type of, you know, backlash. Uh, backlash. I think it's, it's motivating a lot of companies to, to look at their, I mean, rosters and just see how, you know, what the disparity is between, you know, men and women in various, um, departments or jobs or whatever it is. Um, and I have to say, because a whole new world has opened up to me, and I've worked with so many amazing female led companies. I'm doing an event this week with a, a clothing line called MM LaFleur, but it's a, a female CEO. And, like, I mean, women in particular are doing such cool shit. Like, they're just getting it done, like we do, right? And they're like, no, 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 we're going to change the whole structure of how people are paid. We're going to have everybody's going to know what everybody makes. There's going to be all this equality. And, I know it's not a perfect scenario cuz of course there are a million variables that go into why one person is paid what they are paid but I just think the awareness is there now I think the transparency is getting there and I think eventually legislation might get there so even I mean that takes forever um, and it it takes a lot to actually enforce said legislation cuz now it's technically illegal to pay someone you know based on gender differently but it's like who's actually unless you're actually suing someone which i did not but like then it's just it's not enforced right so um i i think we're moving the needle i think we're you know because of um you know this organizing that so many women are doing it's been so awesome to witness uh that we're you know we're making change i just think it'd be great for the next generation and the girls coming out of college like to just not step into what I did, you know, or what so many women are living in today. So if we can make a little progress, a lot of progress would be nice. It'd be a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I know Salesforce is one of the companies they did like a review of everyone at their company to like reevaluate and make sure that the um, the men and the women executives are being paid appropriately into it is cool that like you were talking about that women are doing that we're just starting our own shit yeah do you know what i mean like we're we're like i don't even want to participate in that so let's just do our own shit yeah
0: like i might be paid the same as the other executives but there's 10 of them and one of me like we're not even represented at the table Uh, hardly you know and it's so funny when
2: like when the men want to have a piece of what we do and then try to like slap and i love men it's more just like that old paradigm of whatever it is. And I just think like you and so many women, you know, out there being very outspoken are an example so that we can kind of have our like, uh, you know, awareness up and on about, you know, certain paradigms that they might want to impose or conversations or how they might want to, you know, not have the conversation about pay or whatever it is. So I just think it's so so valuable that we can talk about this and that it can be public and that companies are being called out in a way that ideally is going to improve their culture. Like yeah. even though it's a painful thing, you know, to have these conversations and make these changes because they've done it for the, yeah, the same archaic.
0: way. It, yeah. It's just an archaic way of things used to be done. Yeah. And it just has to has to shift. And you're right, women need the courage and By the way, I understand not everybody, most people can't just quit their job because of pay. Like it's people, it's hard out there. People need their paycheck. And so, you know, it's a very... Tricky thing to start, you know, taking a stand on ethics when you have kids at home and you got to pay that, you know, you got to pay for the food and put them through college, and then to take this big old stand and just quit. Like I, I have heard from so many women who are like, "Oh my God, help me!" Like this is happening and that's happening, and I can't get promoted and he got promoted, and then it's like happens all the time. But I'm just like, oh, hold it together, don't walk out the door. You know, know. have a plan, have an exit yeah. strategy, work on your resume. There's, there are a lot of steps you can take to before you move on. Totally. And then at, so did you,
1: so you approached them with this, this, the discrepancy in the salary and then you had a conversation and then they were like, nah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do it. So it's like a conversation had, and then they said no.
0: It's different um, in my business. It's your agents negotiate. Uh, So I wasn't in those meetings. I was privy to what was said and where, you know, the play by play, I was, kept abreast on the regular. Um, but no, so I wasn't in those meetings. Wow.
1: I mean, serious props to you. Was there anybody that really stood out to you as someone that was super supportive and like super vocal about your situation and someone that you were like, wow, like you really appreciated their support of, of you and your decision?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, so many, so many kick-ass women come to mind. I mean, two were instrumental one being Jennifer Lawrence um i had always been a fan of hers and she was one of those people who you know watching her story and what she did you know in her whole like sony movie you know she was one of the first people to mention you know the paid disparity for for the movie she was working on and um why am i blanking on the movie right now
2: so many i don't god,
0: know it was the i don't know <laughs> oh my god i'm blanking um anyway she you know she wrote this she penned this whole article which was Really ballsy, um, and and calling out a big studio and saying, you know, what the you know, what's a girl gotta do? And yeah. you know. So um Was it Hunger Games? No, it was the retro movie. It was like Bobby oh. Cooper and um Amy ah. Adams and oh, I know Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah. I can't believe I can't I'll remember look it the movie. Up. Yeah. Anyway, um not only so was I in awe of her from a distance, but we we became friends through my my decision-making process. And I kind of really called on her for advice. And, um, I I honestly, like I was so amazed by her strength and her courage and her bravery and, and what she stands for. Like she always stands for something. And I'm just, I was just so, and I'm like this bitch, bitch (laughs) 15 years younger than me, but she knows who she is. And listen, I understand when you're making millions, it's a little easier to like, you know, but again, it's always relative, right? So, but you've you know, got more people telling you who to be. Exactly. Sometimes in that situation. Exactly. And, and, and you just, yeah, I was, I just um, was so astonished just by her clarity of self and what she stood for. And I, and, you know, as much as I, I, I knew what I wanted to do, I was still a scared little girl from Indiana. I was just lucky to be in Hollywood, you know, on the, on the one hand, you know, but on the other hand, I was like, hold on, I've been doing this how long? I, I can. Do this in my sleep, like it's got to mean something. I, you know, I, so all that was going on. But anyway, she was, she, it was out of my wildest dreams, kind of the way that she kind of got in my corner for me, um, which I am forever indebted. And then the unexpected person was Amy Schumer. I don't know if you kind of saw how that oh, went down. Her, no, I mean, again, it was just like, okay, She's universe, this is cool. Like I was like, wow, I literally not expected whatsoever, but she had. She posted an Instagram the weekend uh, or shortly after my departure. And um, and it was the globes were coming up, you know, a couple days later or whatever. And and she just as a fan of the show that I was on and the network in general, she just on her own volition was like, This isn't bullshit. You know, what happened to Kat Sadler? Like this, I loved her. Like, why wasn't she getting paid? Uh, like it was just a really sweet kind of tail to another post she was writing about the golden globes and then she's like i stand with cat like totally mm. out of nowhere and i had met her a couple times and listen off her also and thinking she's so funny and talented or whatever but her post like struck a nerve with people because she was like one of the first people to on social media just kind of go off about the situation directly and then it kind of spiraled and before i knew it um we were DMing and she was like, "We're organizing. We're organizing on your behalf at the Golden Globes tomorrow." Aww. And I was like, "What does that mean?" What? Oh, that that was so scary too, wow. right? Like I was.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so they just passed by the E, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like interview Still, like yeah. what happened? Oh, they did. Oh no, <laughs> they they called them out.
0: Wow. Well, last no. on live television. I fuck think yeah. I remember uh, yeah. Eva Longoria
1: saying something, yeah. and then. Deborah That's amazing. Amy Adams?
0: Same Deborah Messing.
1: Deborah Messing.
0: Yeah. It was a whole thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's still like brings up these nerves in me because a woman got fired over that. Also, she worked for Ian e and that became such a thing that day. Uh, I should say she settled. That's probably the right way to report it now, but she was let go and then she sued them. And because her, the direction she got that day when all these celebrities started bringing me up, um, they were like, no, 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 no. Her story, I'm reporting, allegedly, um, her story was that as a producer, they were like, don't let any of that air. It doesn't go to air. We're not doing anything live anymore. We tape it. If it, they mention cat, it doesn't it doesn't go on TV. And they kept getting on TV, or at least the Eva one Damn. that you mentioned got on TV. And so um, she lost her job over it. And then she sued. Oh, and then they, they
2: settled. Damn. Hopefully she got some cash money. It's, it's, it's just like, hot. I wonder when there's going to be like a conscious... Leader that people look to at these bigger networks, organizations, whatever, where it's like, hey, let's think about like the long game. Wouldn't it have been fucking cool if E let that stuff air, all of it air, and was like, hey, you're right. We'll do better next time and we're going to change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, it's to, to, to quiet it is like actually just as bad if not worse like that looks so fucking bad you know so i
0: I, wow. I think you're right i think you're spot on i think they just considered it like a publicity nightmare at the time but
2: hey um maybe.
0: yeah
2: uh, i don't know sometimes I mean, sitting in your own shit like if i see someone sitting in their own shit i'm like respect i'm almost not going to attack you right yeah. now cuz you're being you're on, you get no. it and you're like there that's all i want so like just own it. And if it's like really messy, like you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm working through it and we're going to try to do better here at E and then like reapproach it. But yeah. Wow. That says a lot.
0: That didn't happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, you like changed the game for yeah. so many and, and you were the first of, of so many and to know that you did that in your lifetime, you know, that you like fulfilled your soul's purpose of being this like amazing voice and being uh, a person that speaks for so many, and then to like live in your truth and make that decision when um, no one would have known if you didn't.
0: Right. No mm-hmm. one would have known if you stayed. Right.
1: You know, and it, it's so powerful and it makes you so special. Like you already are special, oh, gosh, but I mean, guys, that's like, mm-hmm, guys, that's true. It's it so It's crazy.
0: You know, listen, I, it, it is interesting to look back because um, in retrospect, it's kind of like, you know, you do have those, oh, so that's why that happened. I do believe it all kind of unfolds as it is supposed to and as hard of a time that was and uh, a difficult decision to make and sad for leaving my work family because so many people I worked with all those years, like there were yeah. so many heavy parts of that. Um, but now, I mean, I honestly can sit here at this table and tell you guys I've never and happier in my entire life. I feel connected to myself. I, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of my life. I'm living it on my own terms. I have my own business, and now creatively, I'm in this whole new world where I can do anything I choose. And of course, I still have bills to pay. Don't get me wrong. And I still have to provide for my kids, and all of that is what drives me every day. But like, I'm working on one TV project right now, which, of course, I can only say so much about. But I'm like. Oh my God! This is like I thought that was my dream. This is my dream, mm. and I and I wouldn't have known had I not gone through all that. So it's so cool how life works. Um, again, by think just living your truth, doing the right thing uh, for you. Because it all just works out. And that was scary, of course. But now I'm like, oh, my God, this is happening. And this, this, this space and this TV, you know, creative energy and, like, all the dreams I didn't even know that I had. Like, now I'm, like, in the middle of it. And I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much about the business. Because back to, you know, our talks about IFBs and just being on a carpet and interviewing celebrities. Like, now I'm on the other side. You know, I'm in pitch rooms pitching shows and developing shows and working with showrunners and, like, so many good things are in the works. And the the podcast I'm doing, which again is such freedom, it's so liberating to have conversations like we are having, which I never had back then. You know, I would go out and do a 30-minute interview with, you know, whomever celebrity, which was fascinating, but, you know, it got edited down to 45 seconds on the nightly news. Like now this is meaningful. This is, you know, I think we're impacting our audiences and that's what I want to do. That's what I was supposed to do. You know, this is what all that, the trajectory was supposed to be about. So I, the way I see it, I have a lot of work to still do. Um, and I've never been more energized. I feel like really clear. It's really exciting. Mm the universe rewards
1: those Mm -hmm. hard decisions really, truly. Whenever you make hard decisions, the universe really rewards it and provides you with something. You wouldn't have, you know, this much of clarity if you would have stuck with it. And I'm so excited about your podcast. That is like such a great avenue for you. And, you know, someone that's been in show business for as long as you are and is as visible as you are, there's no really hiding. So I expected you to be as amazing as you are in person, as you know, you are on TV because you can't really fake it for that long. So, um, can you tell our audience a little bit about what it's going to be called? Where they can find it?
0: Yeah, well, it's funny. Exactly what you just said is it's called Naked with Kat Sadler, and and the whole point, the whole impetus behind the show was let's let's get raw, let's get real, let's shed our armor, let's take off all the 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 crap that we put on to keep us between ourselves and other people and sometimes keep us from ourselves. And how can I have conversations with these remarkable women across all industries who are doing really fascinating things, who have these really great stories, but maybe haven't shared them? I mean, you know, my first guest was Olivia Munn. And, you know, I I knew, you know, she's, she's always been a great interview, but I never expected her to, like, stay for four hours in my bedroom. And let it all hang out in a way that like will really surprise people. Wow. I mean, it's just like I don't care if you're an A-list celebrity or what you do. Like at the end of the day, we're all just human beings, and everybody hurts, and everybody has similar challenges. And and she was very very vulnerable. So we're getting naked in the sense of just I, I'm only interested in conversations that. That means something, or invoke a lot of thought, or I want I want the listeners to feel um, more safe in their own skin about what mm-hmm. they go through. They're not alone, um, and so hopefully to kind of expose a lot of stories and a lot of truths. And um, so far, it's just been fascinating. We take we do tape in my bedroom, which in and of itself is kind of designed to already kind of lay the groundwork for just being really intimate. Um, But in the first couple minutes of every conversation, my guest and I take something off. So whether it's your engagement ring or whether it's all your makeup or whether it is your shirt. And let me just tell you, because this podcast has not dropped yet, but one of my guests literally, as she describes it, is tits out, (laughs) full on topless. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. It's an all-female crew.
2: Let me guess. I don't know.
0: And I have to think about it.
2: <laughs> Coming soon. That's so cool.
0: But um, it was funny because I actually taped that interview first. It hasn't dropped yet, but she was my actual first interview. And I was explaining the concept. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to take something off. You take something off just so we can shed something to kind of create this really open energy. And she's like, oh, like take off anything like my shirt? I was like, well, I mean, if you want to. She's like, I'm your first. I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, tits out. Literally, we sat there across from one another and she stopped us the whole time. And I was like, I freaking love What this. a baller. <laughs> baller. But, I, but you know, that's kind of part Is of the- Gaga? Oh, I wish. Out. Oh, lady Gaga, please. Please come. Uh, but that- environment is kind of what I'm trying to create and and it's also you know slightly self-serving because I was so used to doing everything so manicured and so perfect and I was about to say the
2: juxtaposition of you going from red carpet asking these you know great questions but obviously like scripted and whatnot and now just like really getting to what you care about and yeah stripping it all down I think that's so genius
0: well thank you I feel um I feel very very fortunate to just have kind of been in the position that I am now. So, yeah. and people are really responding to it and I I am so indebted to the the guests who are saying yes so far, which is awesome and I'm just I'm touched by the whole thing. So, I'm just leaning in and hopefully people will Subscribe, yes. you guys. are am new Everyone to this. Everyone subscribe. Sure. subscribe. Yeah, yeah.
1: subscribe. Rate and review.
2: It's important. Yeah, it's important. Get us yeah. on the I subscribe iTunes to yours charts. Just so you know, thank I, you. I had heard it thank before, you. but I had
0: not subscribed until just recently. But uh, like, you guys don't need me. I know again. we we tell
2: our people that, that we're like we're sorry, but fucking review, please. I know. <laughs> so reviews
0: are important. So important. For iTunes.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay. It's all. Well, I'm crazy. learning. I'm learning. It's all crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: When are you? Are you guys? You'll be fine. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure you'll be fine. I don't know that that's true. I mean, listen, as you know, it's a very saturated industry or business right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I believe it is too. It's just, it is also the beginning. It's one of those things
2: where like people are like, it's saturated,
1: but it still is the beginning. But
2: I don't know. Or it still feels like a Wild West a little bit where like, you know, Apple like Spotify's caring a lot about it right now and Apple's kind of like, "I don't know." And you know, it's like a very weird thing where yeah. where's the focus going? But.
0: but you know what I love about it and this is what I love about your podcast in particular and I was thinking this after listening to yours, True Story, is thank God for this wild wild west space and this new way that people are consuming information because yes, it is entertaining and you know, it depends on what you're listening to obviously, but but you, you know, your whole intention and your mission is like you're really really like this is a self-help genre and mm-hmm. you're helping people yep. and it is entertaining but there are these takeaways and I'm just thinking back again I'm gonna sound like my mother always like when I was young but this just wasn't there yeah, do you know really. what I mean other than like NPR where you really try to get smart if you turn on the radio it was either TV entertainment really or or Oprah I mean honestly Truly. I mean Dude. so I thought about that I was listening to your podcast I was like well you know, I think we're all really hungry. I think everybody wants to feel good, and we have—we're all on this journey of trying to figure it out. And so, the
2: more of this mm-hmm. I say, the better, right?
0: I completely agree.
2: And the people—the right people—will find your podcast. Yeah, the right people will find our podcast. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's just, it just—it always feels like that. I think in the beginning, it was like, ah, like as many people as possible come listen, write yeah. the reviews. It's like we still obviously want that to reach more people but it's like a a bit more peaceful where we're like the right people are finding us like randomly and you know they find us at the right time they'll find you at the right you know it's like it's a very interesting energy around what's being created that
0: speaks with again to just doing what works for you not because you're trying to be anything for anybody else and then it will
2: you will attract who should be
0: and the
1: impact is so deep it's like we have people that Honestly, you know, and I'm not even saying this as an ego thing, write us every day that we've changed their lives in like some sort of way. So it's like, I'd rather have three people that I've changed their lives than like 4,000 that are just like, "Hmm, you know, maybe like Mm -hmm, whatever. Um, but that's amazing. And then, where else can you know our listeners connect with you to learn more? Find and all me, those things.
0: Okay, so Naked the Podcast mm-hmm. is now out. Um, so yes, please subscribe, rate, and
1: review. Apparently, mm-hmm. my gosh, you're so smart. You're like, This is we know you're a professional because I'm like,
0: Is it? It's not. And I'm like, oh,
1: it's, it's out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I did She's
0: so proud. No. I didn't um, that's why I'm not talking about the Game of Thrones finale, because I, I was like, <laughs> I wanted to, but this will be old by then. Um, um, um oh yes. So I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, that's a fun little just I love uh, yeah. it's an experiment that I'm doing. I got a lot of advice to do it. You know, that's kind of the fun thing is that I'm I'm dabbling in a lot of different mediums. Um, and I do love videos. So obviously the podcast is not that um so i i'm i'm playing on youtube you can find me there um and then i am like i said i'm i am at the core a television host so i am producer so i'm i'm developing a, a handful of things i do i have a first look deal with tnt so um we're working on some really cool stuff and i'll be able to share with you what that is hopefully soon and you never know where i might just end up but i do have my my website also the catwalk.com um mm-hmm. where i do have some written interviews there that um again, all women and it is the Naked series. So you can find that there. And then I am just an Instagram addict. So please come follow me on Instagram because I'm slightly addicted.
2: Yeah. You're so good. I love you on Instagram. Thanks. And in person, but always, yeah, when it's the same, it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, I do sometimes. I you're mean, like, ah! you, you know, we know, you know, <laughs> honey, you know. <laughs> Let's get like, off and talk about it. I know, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> thank love you so it. much for being here. Well,
0: thank you for having
2: me. Um, and
0: much cons- continued success to you guys because you are you.
2: killing it.
0: Thank oh, you. Any
2: way we can, you know, just support you and whatever. Like, we're mm-hmm. just so happy. I think LA's a an interesting place, but also a very special place for women who are creative and just doing their own thing. And I just feel so lucky to meet women like you. Yeah, so thank, sure. you. Thanks, Go thank you. you Go subscribe to Naked. We'll talk to you guys later. Love, ya. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh. Thank you so much, Kat Sadler. Mm. You're the best. You can follow Cat Sadler at I
1: am Kat Sadler on Instagram. I am C-A-T-T Sadler on Instagram and her new podcast is Naked.
2: You can get it wherever podcasts are available. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, And we have a review of the week. So at the beginning of the podcast, we mentioned that reviews mean a lot to us. We mean it. We read every one of them and it really helps us to bring on guests like Kat and just to get the word out there. So we really, really appreciate it. This week, five stars, my faves, literally the best podcast out there for women under 30, over 30, any age, something for everyone always. Whenever I am not feeling myself or feeling lost, they always seem to have what I need. So sweet. It's from 2K fam. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah! We got to 2K.
1: Woo. Woo, you guys crushed the 2K, the 2K journey. So thank you so much. Um, also, stay tuned. So across the next couple of months, we have a lot of giveaways happening for you on Instagram. Our team, our social team, and Chloe have been working hard to get some amazing products to you for free. So we are reaching out to all of our favorite partners, and we have giveaways happening for you from Vital Proteins, Hum Nutrition. Uh, uh, chosen Foods, Splendor Bombs, and various other of our favorites. So
2: keep an eye out for Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram for those giveaways. As always, we love you. Thank you for listening. And we are on tour. So check out our tour dates and locations, almost30podcast.com slash tour. We cannot wait to meet you. The response has been so great this new year. Yeah. And we're just going to keep touring until we die. Yep.
1: (laughs) Philly, Columbus, DC, New York has three shows. We have Los Angeles happening at the end of this month and Miami in December. Chicago. Chicago. Nashville. There's two events happening in
2: Nashville. It's going to be great. So we can't wait to meet you. Thanks so much for listening, sharing with your friends and inspiring us. You guys inspire us. You inspire our content and you inspire us to keep doing this. So thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.